The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I got you covered. All the gifts, all the things you need on shopskinnyconfidential.com. It's 20% off products. Go grab an ice roller, maybe some pink balls, and even some driving gloves. All the things, no code required. It begins Thursday, 1123 at 12.01 p.m. PST. And it ends, so hurry, on Cyber Monday, 1127 at 1159 p.m. PST. Everything's available on the Skinny Confidential website. Stock up. I have all my girls in office. You can literally get all your holiday shopping done in one place. Shopskinnyconfidential.com. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Actors are different because they're playing a role. I'm just me, so they think that they know me because they now know my life. So whereas, like, you might not go up to, like, Kylie Jenner or Timothy Chalamet because there's, like, a space between you that is inherent because actors is different because there's, like, you're not meeting them. You're meeting the role that they played. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful, and it's there's nothing better than someone wanting to take their picture with me. I'm so honored. It is just interesting how, like, there's just no boundaries for some people. Hope you guys had the most amazing Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the Him and Her Show. Today's a fun one with lots of twists and turns. We have Jenna Lyons. You may recognize her from her J. Crew days, but now she is an American fashion designer, businesswoman, and television personality. I think she is the star of Bravo's Real Housewives of New York City. She's a real breakout star, and she's also recently launched Love Scene, a false eyelash beauty brand. She's the CEO and co-creator of the company, and she's just major in New York. She talks a lot about her childhood, what inspired her to join Real Housewives. She talks about J. Crew, how to create a timeless wardrobe. She really, really covers all the things in this episode. This is one of those ones that I'm going to go back and listen to because I liked it so much. And she's quirky. She's fun. She's beautiful. And she's living life on her own terms. I love it. Jenna Lyons, welcome to the Him and Her Show. This is the Skinny Confidential, Him and Her. Jenna fucking Lyons is on the show. I am so excited. It's really funny because the way that I was introduced to you, and I want to see if you remember this, is you did an article, and I can't remember the publication, about what your day was like. Okay. This is six million years ago. Oh my God. So long ago. I've done many of those. And I'm obsessed with people's like morning routine and nighttime routine. And you walked us through like your whole morning and your whole day and your whole night. And this is a, a long time ago. I want to say it's like maybe 10, 12 years ago. Okay. And I was so inspired by you because there wasn't a lot of women that had that fluidity in their life. And it was very entrepreneurial at the time. Wow. I hope I can find the article. I don't know which one that was. What did I say? (laughs) It was a big article. I'm going to try to find it. Okay. It It was just interesting how you walked us through your day. And like, you, you seemed like you had flexibility in your calendar. And now to see you on Housewives <laughs> is full circle. So, But I want to get like the lay of the land with you because you've had a very eclectic, interesting life. <laughs> okay, I that's think a good the, way to put it. Yeah, I think the first thing we do is is go back. You were, you were born with a syndrome. Genetic disorder. Explain that. 
So I have what's called incontinentia pigmenti, and it's a genetic disorder that affects the skin, the teeth, and the hair. And so my teeth were conicular when I was growing up, which means like cones. I have huge bald spots in the back of my head. I have scars all over, discoloration in my skin. It was not that fun growing up. People, kids are mean. And particularly with your teeth, my teeth were, you know, every time you open your mouth, having conicular teeth is not so fun. It was hard to hide. Like my skin, I could cover up. My hair, I could put in a ponytail, but my teeth were really hard to hide. And so I got teased mercilessly. Did you feel like you had to constantly hide all these things from other people? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't totally understand the extent of it until I got into like seventh grade when like boys and being cute and like all that stuff started to come into the picture. Prior to that, I didn't really get it. I remember, you know, I'd be in a you know, an assembly at school and I'd hear the kids behind me going, oh my God, look at her hair. Why is she bald? Or I'd, I was standing in line at Knott's Berry Farm and I heard the girls behind me go, look at her skin. What is that? Wait, is that, that's so gross. Oh my God. And like, those are the kinds of things that would play in my head. And so it, it like, yeah, you start to hide. It's interesting because I feel like that wouldn't fly now. I think it would. I think it goes, you it's, do? Done, it's done quietly. Yeah, people, I mean. Well, I think kids are cruel. Kids are cruel. And I mean, listen, bullying happens all over the place. I mean, you see people like, and it happens in other ways where people do it like, you know, group chats. And I mean, that kind of stuff happens. People are not that accepting of things that are different than them. When you were growing up with this, did your parents give you context of what was happening or did they kind of not know what to do either? I don't think my mom, I mean, my father wasn't really there. My mom didn't really know what to do. And I think, and it's interesting now looking back, it's like my, you know, I've learned a lot and <laughs> getting older about how to handle things with myself and my own child. And I remember my mom saying like, don't worry, you're beautiful. Don't listen to them, which basically is like ignoring someone's feelings and trying to make, and, and that's actually the last thing you're supposed to do. But my mom didn't know, you know, she had no idea. No one told her. And also my genetic disorder is so rare. Like, like she didn't have anybody else to talk to. And she also, my mom had Asperger's, so she didn't, her social skills were off. She didn't, like, she just didn't care what anybody else thought. So she was like, why would you care? And, it, it, you know, it was hard. It was definitely, she didn't have any resources. Nobody talked about bullying back then. And Because with the Asperger's, we have, we have a friend that has Asperger's, and I, I've learned spending time with her that it's like, there's very few gray areas. Is that a good way to... And the thing I've learned, and I have to be really careful talking about this because I have spoken a little bit about it and I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who... It is a spectrum situation and it is sure. not a one-size-fits-all. What my mother experienced and what I experienced with her is a lack of ability to make connections and a lack of empathy. She did not... Like, if I skinned my knee, she was like, okay, let's go wash it off. It wasn't like, oh my... Like, I'm crying. And she was like... It was very much like situation, like, let's take care of the problem. But there wasn't a connection to my emotions and my sadness or my fear. She couldn't identify with that. So she didn't know how to handle it. And again, this is specifically my mother. I am. It's not a general, everyone, it manifests differently for everyone. And so, yeah, it was, it was hard. I think she, she saw that I was suffering. She just didn't get it. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. And as a child, I imagine that's hard because you model a lot of your parents' emotional responses. So if you're not getting it. It was great for my relationships. (laughs) <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> yeah, I did really well. For <laughs> when when you were little, did you know that something was amiss or did you not have any idea till you got older? I didn't know. I, I remember going to like my friend's houses and I would see that like their moms were like cuddly and wanted to hang out with them and were having friends over and like there were dinner parties and, you know, par- guests over and we didn't have any of that in our house and it was very quiet. And, you know, it was also my mother was a piano teacher, so we weren't allowed to have television or music because she was teaching and the house was small. And so, like, 
I knew that my house was different, but I didn't really understand why. I just thought it was because my mom was a piano teacher. You know, and I associated like the quiet and the lack of like boisterous energy because it was her job. And then it wasn't until I got older that I started to understand. And then I didn't know my mother had it until she was like 74. She was at my house and a friend of mine was going to leave who had been trying to make eye contact with her and say, okay, well, I'm leaving now. It was so nice to meet you. And my mom just put her head down. She was like, it was nice meeting you. And I'm like, mom, he wants to give you a hug and say goodbye. She's like, well, you know, I have Asperger's. And I was like, okay, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> and it just kind of came, stumbled out. And she, you know, and again, I only talk about this now because she's passed. So it's like, I never spoke about it before, but you know, she, she'd taken some tests and like every box she checked and she realized that, and I think it was helpful for her to know because I think she felt bad. She knew something was off. She didn't know what was wrong. She had no idea. She'd never been diagnosed. Was it helpful for you when she said that kind yeah. of a relief? It was helpful. I also think like I was angry at my mom. You know, I think I was really, I felt bad that she, like, I knew she didn't, I didn't think she liked me. She was very, not very nice to me. She was always putting me down. And I was, it was hard. And I kind of pulled away from her because I remember going home and every time I would leave home, I would feel depressed. I'm like, why do I always feel so sad when I go home? And so I pulled away from her and it gave me a lot of tenderness and, and like much, I, I was able to, I'm so happy I found out before she past because it was able to find grace with her and not harbor so much resentment. I feel like you grow up as a person when you do find grace for your parents and you have empathy. And even when you become a mother, you start to understand why some decisions were made that you couldn't understand. For sure. It, and it's there is a relief about it. Yeah. I think that you find a, a lot of strength within within the moments of your childhood that are that are hard. I mean, I, I certainly have. And I think that it's really helped me to become stronger, more resilient. It, listen, obviously there's there's things that aren't good about it. <laughs> well, it's like it's like that Tony Robbins thing, and I'm going to butcher this, where he's like, hey, the two brothers, and one of them is very successful, and one of them is not successful. And he says, well, why are you so successful? He's like, my dad was an alcoholic who beat me. And they go, well, why are you a failure? My dad was an alcoholic, and he beat me. And it's like, yep. you kind of have two cho you, two choices. And it comes to, I mean, it's hard to your point, but at the end of the day, like, you, you're the one that makes the choice. Yeah, I think also some people are born with different tools in their tool chest. Like, not everybody is able to pull up. Like I have so much tenderness for people who can't, you know, I think it is a gift and you are super lucky. And I think Bryn is like, it's not, it's not like everyone is able to. And I've seen that so much with friends and I have friends who's, you know, who, you know, brother and sister, and like one of them is doing really well and the other one's not. And they had the same exact upbringing. And it's like the other one just couldn't, they couldn't pull up. And it's sometimes is hard. It's really interesting to see, you know, now being a parent, like I think, I'm so different with my son than I think I would have been had I not had that experience because I'm over. Like, I mean, I tell him I'm proud of him like literally. Every, he's like, I know, mom, I know. You know, I don't think my mom ever told me she was proud of me, but it's like I do it all the time. What are you guys smiling about? I just, I just think, think that's cute. cute. I no. think that's <laughs> cute that you tell him that. I, he's going to grow up and he's really going to appreciate that. I hope so. What, what are things that you, besides that, that you do differently as a parent now? Like, how have you used everything in your past to make you feel like you're being a better version? I mean, I think there are things that I remember really distinctly that I just will, like, a lines I won't cross. Meaning, like, I will never, my, my mom used to do, like, little digs. Like, oh, well, you know, you're just doing that for attention. Or, oh, well, you just want, you know, somebody to notice you. Like, little things like that. And they added up for me. And I remember those so much more distinctly than anything else that was positive. So, like, I don't, I will never, ever say to him, like, I've heard parents say, like, oh, you just ruined it. Why did you ruin that? Or I, I just will, I will never, it will never come out of my mouth. I don't really yell. I'll sit him down and be like, hey, 
I want you to understand here's why I felt that way. Here's why I'm upset and try to explain it to him because my mom never did that with me. I had no idea what was going on half the time. It was just like radio silence. And so I am very, you know, that being said, I do think like he's probably not seeing, you know, I don't get angry and he's not as attuned to people getting angry. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. Like, I'm obviously not perfect. I'm figuring it out. But I have made very specific choices about never to ever, ever tell him that he's like not valuable in some way or not good at something. It's like never happens. It's interesting because even as young as three, I see my daughter looking at my reaction when something bad happens. Like, for instance, like if, you know, she knocks over the coffee and it spills all over the white couch. You laugh. Great. She, yeah, she's looking, she's watching my reaction. Yeah. And then when it happens again, if it's something I do or he does, she'll use the verbiage that I use. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like yeah. I, I, I have thought like to, for myself as a parent that I want to say, oh, it's okay. It's an accident. Like just diffuse it. It's okay. Yeah. If it's an accident, it's, I'm not going to scream or yell or berate her. And I've noticed now when he does something or I do something, like we spill something, she'll say, it's okay. It's an accident. And I'm like, oh my God, they're like a parrot. Yep. It. I mean, there's no question that stuff imprints so deeply. It's shocking. And yeah, it is. so young. I mean, it three years old. It is shocking. But it also makes you understand like how people who are abused end up abusing. It's like, it's so written in their code. Yes. yes that's so true. And, and it's amazing when someone who has a really hard upbringing has managed to flip that story because it it's hard. It's like, it's ingrained. It's in there. It's hard to break it. Yeah. And what is your relationship with your brother like? I mean, I adore my brother. He's like the sweetest person on the planet. He's also super hot. <laughs> Everyone's like, <laughs> is he single? I mean, he's not single. Everyone is obsessed with him. Um, and it's so cute. It's one of those things where because we grew up in such a, a, a non-communicative household, my brother and I don't really talk like I would do anything for him. I would jump in front of a bus for him. I know he would do the same for me. Like we are, we have been there for each other in any moment of any time, whatever was going on. But we just don't like, I mean, he doesn't even answer my texts. <laughs> yeah, but I think I have though, to text that's, his wife. that's your way though of, of how you guys grew up. It's how, where yeah. you guys are comfortable. That makes sense to me that sometimes you guys don't answer each other's texts. It makes sense. Oh, I mean, ever. It's yeah, it's comfortable. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I have to like, but if I DM them a funny meme, I have to send it to his wife too. And like, I t- on his birthday, I sent him a voicemail and a video and a FaceTime. And I literally never heard from him. And I finally had to call his wife and say, did he get it? And does he say he got it? Yeah. She's like, you know, he just doesn't look. I and I'm like, be it's honest, actually okay. It's hard to text back. It's hard to keep up with all of it. <laughs> I'm doing I, this I, to I'm, defend herself right no, now. No, I'm on your brother's side. It's, it's, Are you? Are you bad I'll, at it? I'm not a good texter. No, you, no, what form of communication do you use the most? To be honest with you, I really don't want to communicate after I'm work, done working <laughs> because there's so much work done on the phone. I know. I'd rather communicate in person. I'm, I I fully agree. But that's, I mean, are, are your friends busily, like easily around you? Is it like that? Uh, sometimes, but sometimes not. I'm I'm kind of like your brother. Do you get in, tr- like, do your friends yeah, give you a hard time? I get in trouble all the time, especially as a woman. But I we're do probably too. both yeah, the worst. <laughs> we're probably both the worst on text. I'm better on email than text, surprisingly. Really? I, see, I think I the texts come in so fast. There's like the lot. I mean, at one point there was like 800 unread on my phone because I just, I couldn't get through them and I gave up. And then I just went through and mass deleted all of them without looking. That's really wow. Because I figured like if it gets back, it like it's probably important. But I just was, I couldn't, because nope, you know, we could be doing it. this show and like 40 could come through because. It's three hours it's like, or it's just like what, two hours. it's like whatever. from one person with eight messages. Oh. You know, people that. 
that's a little absurd. I, uh, yeah. Well, there's, I don't that's, think people don't have a good text etiquette. I feel. I, oh, there's no question. Well, I think we didn't. I mean, it's funny because I was watching something not too long ago and they were talking about the fact like when cars first came out, there was, you know, they didn't have seatbelts and they were, you know, sometimes they exploded because they were at, over time. Things have improved. Like te- that technology was introduced and it was improved over time. There are airbags, there are seatbelts, they're required, all these things. And the fact of the matter is, you know, text and email and all these things, like they're new technologies and we haven't really safety proofed them for adults or kids. And we're just kind of winging it. And it's there needs hard to be like seatbelt boundaries. I know. For all right. Like I also I, I want a car seat. My, yes, I want a car seat. too. <laughs> my dad was like kind of a crazy guy when he was younger, but he tells me these stories and about when, you know, he was younger and he would one day just like up and bail out and go to Europe for three months. What he said was the coolest thing, which is different. And now he's like, nobody knew where he was. There wasn't really a way to get a hold of him. You don't, you couldn't follow what he was Sounds doing. So right? And then he'd come back three months later and there'd be all these like stories and you'd have to connect with people. And, and I think that they're, it's great that we're so connected, but I also sometimes think like it maybe is not so great at times. But you can't disappear. It's yeah. really, I think, and I think it is in, in a place and a time when you're so connected to everything, being able to disappear is pretty magical. I mean, I, there's this place called Viva Mar, which is in Austria that I go to with my oh, girlfriend. Oh, here he goes. He's taking notes. Go ahead. I'm obsessed. And basically it's like a total, re- it's a complete reset and <laughs> it's all like medical spa stuff. And like, you know, it's, and they completely redo your gut and t- and they basically are like, oh, it's a no place. phone place. I mean, you can have, but it's really no one's on their phone and it is an absolute gift. Are you doing like facials and like meeting with the doctor? Like what everything. You- it's not like anything that's here in the United States. So it is a combination of beauty and wellness and doctors. And so basically they will look at everything from what your food intake is, what kind of allergies you have, what your blood oxygen level is what your blood you know like do a blood scan do everything and then they will recommend all kinds of treatments both beauty and health and just take care of you for like you have to go for at least seven days i usually i recommend 12 it is and then you the food is completely non-alkaline it's incredible and you leave there feeling like half your size and like your energy is out of your out of control and you feel so much better and it's a detox it's a perfect detox i Highly recommend it for anyone who has a kind of crazy life. There's a story I, I haven't to told on the podcast, but then I, when I look back on this memory, it's a little different from for Lauren because she was so postpartum, but right at the beginning of the pandemic, before the pandemic was announced, uh-huh. there was like this weird cusp period where like people didn't remember that time when people yes. didn't really know what was going oh, wait, on. Oh, I just thought it was going to be for the summer. Yeah. How could we, we like, all forget? I, we all forget. I, that was dramatic stress. I, know. <laughs> I, I worked on this deal and then I closed this deal um, for these business and I... I was like, hey, we're going to go out to the desert in Palm Springs and like kind of let loose. And it was like, it was me and Lauren and our closest friend and our kid. And it was just this little bubble. We went to go relax. And literally the day we got there, the pandemic was announced. And what happened was well, nobody knew we were there. And then the city ordinance passed and said, hey, nobody's allowed to do any rentals. And the guy that I was renting the house from called me. He's like, listen, we can't have anybody. Nobody can come. If you want to stay here, I'll let you stay here for the whole month for like a hundred bucks a night. And it was a nice place. And so we stayed out there for a month. Wow. Nobody knew we were there. Nobody was trying to reach us. Nobody could come there. And it was just this tiny little bubble, but nobody was communicating. And it was one of the best times ever because nobody was on the phones. Yeah. And we were just out there. And I started thinking, I'm like, this is what it used to be like before people were so connected on this I, thing. It's it's really like frightening to me. And and I, you know, like with my son, you know, we were talking about like, do we do something where it's like the, the phone goes into a basket 
on Saturday morning and it doesn't, and you get to check it at noon and you get to check it at four and it stays in like a friend of mine, Emily does this and she's like, and I'm, I'm so wanting to, it's so fucking hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And I mean, I have a role like no phones at the table. does not matter. Rest. Absolutely. You cannot have your phone at the dinner table. That's a good rule. Ever. And that is, and we, and we live by it. My son will not, like he will not pull his phone out of the table. There's nothing worse than seeing a couple sitting across from each other at a restaurant and they're like in their the phones. Worst. That nothing is the worst. worst. It's the, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? I like, also think with what you and I do, I find it to be way more interesting when I meet someone who's super entrepreneurial and driven and they put their phone down. It's, it's, it's unexpected. When I, when I go out to eat with someone, my phone is in my purse. I don't. Absolutely. And also like enough is enough. Well, it's also, if you're sitting across from someone like, I'm sorry, like I owe you my attention yeah. and my eye contact. It's yeah. like basic level respect. I, I can't. And again, if I want to share something with you on my phone or show you a picture, that's right. one thing. Or maybe take a quick snap, put it away. But honestly, I'm like really, I'm not into it. And it's funny because now, you know, with this new t- television show that I've been on, it's like hard to hide, you know, and I'm in the middle of, I've been in the middle of a deep conversation and someone has come up to me and said, can I take a picture with you? Yeah. And I'm like, and I've said to them, I've said, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Can you give me a minute? Do you actually say that? Yeah. yeah. If I'm, if I am in the middle of a conversation and I'm talking to someone, I will absolutely say that. So what do they say? They usually will say, some people will say, oh, I'm sorry to bother you. And they'll walk off or some people will wait. I've had every version of it. That's, it sounds like you're really good at setting boundaries. No, I'm terrible. But that's a boundary that you just told me. It's just one of them, but it's not, I'm not good with a lot. <laughs> you aren't? Not great. No, I mean, I've getting better, but I'm not great. But I feel like because, I mean, you've had such an eclectic career, but it's interesting. I, I feel a lot of people that do what you do now, they don't really know how to handle that experience. Like you obviously don't want to be rude or mean, but also you have to have some kind of healthy boundaries and be treated as a, as a person. Yeah. And I think it's not less about me. It's about the person I'm talking with. I mean, one, one time I was like having like kind of an, int, like a serious conversation with someone on the street who I used to work with and we hadn't seen each other in a long time and they were going through a rough time and they were like, oh, it's so good. You know, I used to be their boss. So we were like in this intimate conversation and I was talking to them about their new situation and what's going on. And like this person was emotional, not crying, but just like we were in it. And I do think like there's a certain amount of emotional IQ, which we talked about earlier is like read the room. Like this is not an appropriate time. Like when someone is like deep in someone else's space and standing close and talking like it's intimate. So maybe it's not the time. And it doesn't mean I'm like grateful when people ask, don't get me wrong. And it's lovely. But I also think there is this idea, like people sometimes I think have this sense of, of familiarity because they know you. Right. And I get it. It's at the same time, I'm like, hey, you, you know, also are very recognizable. Like it's the glasses and you have this like, and I'm tall, chic look and you're tall. And it's very, it's a very specific, beautiful look. Thanks. So I can imagine it's hard for you to now be famous. I mean, you I feel like you've always been known, but how is it different? Like different. It's Every different. time we have someone that comes on from a sh- like a, a show, a property like this, like we can we control this environment. It's yeah. safe. Like we can produce what we want. Like yeah. people know us, but they're but it's not so mainstream. Yeah. And I think even with like some actors and celebrities that are doing more of like the traditional stuff, like you know them and you see them, but it's like arms like, but I think in the world of reality TV people feel one very entitled to any opinion whatsoever and to be able to voice that opinion and also yeah. feel because you signed up for this they're yeah. entitled to your time completely and I, I also think you know actors are different because they're playing a role yes what's right. different about this is that i'm just me so they think that they know me because they now know my life and so whereas like you might not go up to like 
Kylie Jenner or Timothy Chalamet because they are there's it's a there's like a space between you that is inherent because they're not the third you're not I mean, Kylie Jenner's a little bit she's on that show but like actors is different because there's like you're not meeting them you're meeting like the role that they played right and it's so again don't get me wrong I'm grateful and it's there's nothing better than someone wanting to take their picture with me I'm so honored it is just interesting how like there's just no boundaries for some people. I think too the show has so much history and fan like it's like I'm I have watched all the seasons of every single franchise. You have? I, I'll tell you why I like it. I think that my business life is so chaotic. To be able to come home and watch other chaos in a way is like a therapeutic way for me yeah. to just tune out my brain. Do you it's, watch it together? Yeah, he watches it sometimes. Wa- like, not she, like how I'm not I as, it. I'm not as, like if, if it's on and I'm with her, then I will. You know, I love it. Listen, I don't have any guy that like, says they're not paying like attention in my life. So it's kind of like interesting. No, but any guy that says when that's on that like they don't want, I mean, like, you can't draw your eyes away from some of the stuff that goes on on these shows. It right? is fascinating. I get sucked yeah, in. I start yelling. I'm like, I'm why are you doing like that? I'm also like obsessed <laughs> with human nature and I'm just like yeah. obsessed with the whole, the whole like dynamic. Yeah. And I don't have like, I'm not around like a ton of women like that. So to like watch it unfold with alcohol is like wild. But yeah. I also think there's an inspiring part about it because a lot of the housewives have some really incredible things going on. I mean, it hits a lot of points. It's interesting that I think, would you have a favorite one? I love New York. New York. Yeah. You're both New, New York. York. Really? Yeah. Beverly well, Hills too. I like New York from Beverly Hills. Because there's nothing like the attitude of New Yorkers. It's blunt. I think New Jersey's close because it's just so chaotic. But I think like New York, I think all of the women that come together on the shows and all the backgrounds, it's so eclectic and I so different. I also like seeing you guys' houses and your closets and your shoes and your, like, it's just like, I just, it's just like a thing. It's like such a nice way to like, it's almost like meditative. And I Would think you ever this do it? city. I'm too boring. I'll tell you why. What oh, are they okay. going to film me doing? Okay. What are they going <laughs> to film me doing watching Housewives? <laughs> Jenna, here's what I, here's, here's what I've said about this. I don't think it ever works out for the men. I think I think there's very few men that have been able to go Agree. on these properties into a I think women don't like to see men in women's business, you know, in the fights. I don't yeah. think they want to see them defending their wives or getting in the squabbles with other husbands. I think like we I keep saying this on this show. Like I was watching Steve Harvey and he was talking about a marriage and the marriage should be a closed circle between two people and they should mm-hmm. go through their issues. When you invite the world and everyone's commenting on you, like you're inviting a certain kind of energy. Trust me, she knows. A hundred percent. I she agree. Knows. She but I think for the I men think. in particular, yeah. there's very few that have come out looking good. I agree. I think it's a really delicate balance to strike. And I, you know, listen, I I think everyone goes into this. What you can't understand, like what no one can understand and myself included is like, you you are putting yourself out there, but you're you've no idea what parts of you are going to get selected. Mm-hmm. You're not in the editing room, so you don't know how. Like you know what it's like if you take an, an excerpt of anything, it can be turned into something. Sure. So right. you're putting your faith into something, and like at the end of the day, the goal is to create like drama and energy and tension and all of those things and laughter. But you know that's you are serving yourself on a silver platter, and it is a massive risk. And I think when you enter into it as a couple it is just a it the layers of comp- complexity go way up aloe moves are you making excuses for why you don't work out i am about to give you a hack that will change your life streaming on demand wellness that features yoga practices fitness routines meditation sessions and so much more from one of our favorite brands aloe yoga 
this is going to fit into your schedule. All the classes are on demand. I know for me, when I'm short on time, I can just drop in and do a fitness class. So if I don't have time to go to the gym and drive my car and all the things, but I want to squeeze something in, I can do this on my nude mat in my room with all the sunlight pouring in. Maybe I put a little bossa nova on, even a podcast, and I just do like a bar class or a Pilates class. It's so easy to just do from the comfort of your home, which is amazing. They also have more than fitness. They have gua sha, dry brushing, face yoga, nutrition classes, and just all the wellness things. But the best part is you need little to no equipment. There are over 100 new classes added every month, so they keep things spicy and like mix it up. And everything's streaming on demand, which we love. Save time, squeeze it in, get it done. Find the wellness routine that fits your schedule with Allo Moves. For a limited time, get a one-year Allo Moves subscription for only $99. This is such a good gift. Go to allomoves.com and use code SKINNY99 in all caps to take advantage of this Cyber Week deal. That's allomoves.com, code SKINNY99 in all caps. allomoves.com, code SKINNY99 in all caps. That's allomoves.com, code SKINNY99 in all caps. allomoves.com, code SKINNY99 in all caps. Let me tell you about 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, okay? Enter Quince. Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And their cashmere is amazing. It's like affordable luxury. How do I know? I've gotten to try them on and wear them. They are amazing. They feel so good against your skin. And the best part is they're affordable. Also, when you're on the site, they have washable silk tops. They have washable silk dresses, cotton sweaters, and comfy pants. And everything is just priced right, which is absolutely amazing. Buttery soft cashmere is the move for the holidays. And you should also know that Quince only works with factories that are safe, ethical, and responsible, which ultimately they just hit all the points. I am obsessed with black cashmere and they have some beautiful black cashmere sweaters on their site. Very affordable. Get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com skinny. You get free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com skinny. You get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com skinny. You get free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash skinny. You get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash skinny. Go grab your 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters in all the colors. I have learned so much about the gut and how important it is to take care of the gut. Gut issues are gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, indigestion, heartburn, acid reflux. And what I do for my gut on a daily basis is I take two probiotics. And the probiotic that I take is Just Thrive. I've been taking this probiotic forever. I like it so much. I've interviewed the founder, I think like three times. I've learned all about this specific probiotic from a microbiologist. It's one of the only ones that actually survives the trip to the gut. So much so that I actually like went into a deep dive of their products. And I also really like their psychobiotic, which goes in tandem with the probiotic. Both these things are so good for your immune system and your gut. What I do for my kids, you guys, is I take the Just Thrive probiotic and I crack it open and I put it in a smoothie. I even like do it on my dog food sometimes. I am all about a good probiotic. If you're not taking care of your gut, I would definitely look into it and make it a priority because the gut is where a lot of things start. 
Just Thrive products have more clinical research than just about anyone in the industry. There's no fake marketing, no claims, just real proven results. Every product is natural and they have a money back guarantee. So you can get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic, the one I take, and Just Calm at justthrivehealth.com with promo code SKINNY90. That's justthrivehealth.com, promo code SKINNY90. You can get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic, the one I take, and Just Calm at justthrivehealth.com with promo code SKINNY90. To your point about like pulling a sliver, I know exactly what's like that. And listen, they'll cut up this show and we'll get those slivers. But at the end of the day, I will also release the full version to give the context so that if oh, really? somebody ever says, well, I mean, well, you know, clean it up. But yeah. if somebody says, Michael said this and I didn't like it. Yeah. No, I could share the full context, but maybe with you on the show, they're never yeah. going to show that full context. And you're just, you're at the mercy of that. Uh, for sure. And it's like, you know, we've all had parts of our story been told and, and it gets interpreted and people then make comments about it and say things. And it's like, there's more there, but it doesn't really matter. It's just a show. And I think that's the part that gets lost. Yes. Because at the end of yeah. the day, it's like, it's hard to separate the part that's like, yes, this is your life, but it's a show. And let's be real. Like, this isn't my entire life. Like you've, you're seeing a sliver and obviously I'm being protective of my private life as much as I possibly can. And as much as I'm sharing, like I'm also being protective. And so it's, you know, and I obviously everyone wants vulnerability and you want to know everything. And but they can't know everything. Right. Let's be real. Like, you can't and know by everything. the way, no one shows everything. No. And well, I, like, it would have to be a show only about one person for every, I mean, no. And honestly, like, let's talk about boring. I mean, I'm the most boring one on the show. Like, and I know the girls have like, they're like, you don't carry your weight. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like if without them, like they're the sparkly, like I'm like, they're the sparkly stars. I'm the one who like sits in the corner and like makes faces. Isn't that interesting how she thinks that? No, it's so true. I think think that's so interesting. I feel like you're the star of the show. Oh, thank thank you. But if you really watch, watch, no, really watch, watch with a different lens and watch with the lens and listen to what I say versus what they say. I am like in reaction. I'm in reaction to them. I'm oftentimes replaying back off of them. But I'm you're not, like the narrator. But like, I think, the, but that's in all in, that, all, that's all in retrospect. Think about it. They're the ones on screen doing all that. And is as a narrator, I'm doing that by myself in a studio and I'm being asked questions and I'm, it's, when you think about it, they're the ones carrying the show. It's not me. And I know this. Like I say it to them all the time. They say the, it to me too. I'll tell you what you are. You're the voice of reason. And every single listen, I've I've got I've got the housewives down to a formula. There has to be a voice of reason. So like there. Lisa Vanderpump was the voice of reason for Beverly Hills. And she was like, she made the quips. Like you need that sort of character Fair. to be the conductor of the show. And, Who and that's the voice of reason of New Jersey. <laughs> The voice of reason of New Jersey. That's a tough one. I have. I'd have to think about that, Michael. Yeah, you'll, have to, you'll have to get back to me. Uh, maybe Melissa Gorga, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that the New York and Beverly Hills have a strong narrator. You know who's narrating the show. Oh, wait, what do you think of the Kyle and Morgan thing? I'm very excited about this. I I want to believe that she's coming over. To well, my this team. is a little bit dicey for us because we have a personal relationship there. Okay, sorry. Um, we could talk about it. So no, I think- um, We're really good friends with Farah, And I think that what I personally think is I can understand, and I told Michael this, why there's a lot of women who are late in life lesbians. I actually really understand it. Are they late in you life get, lesbians or are they lesbians their entire life? Either way, just well, no either way. I can we understand can, both sides. Can I can understand that. always being a lesbian or late in life. But I'm speaking directly to late in life because, listen, 
we get tired of your shit. No, I, I no, I like. What is wrong with you? I think Wolf. that if Michael and I broke up and I was older, I'm going to say like, let's say I was like 45. <laughs> okay, okay. You, I love that there's you, a marker. There, yeah. She's mapped this out. This yeah. is very specific. And I find someone <laughs> who is not going to come with all the shit that guys come with because they come with a lot. So, so do women. Yeah, I, yes, yeah but, that's correct, Jenna. Yeah, but there's something sensual and easy about women. I don't, you know, I think like, women being desired it's like i also think that there's this construct that is really hard to complace but i see it having now been on the other side and dating women is that women make assumptions of what men want and it's not always what they actually you know i think and what i mean by that is i find that since i have not been playing to men i get more attention from men than i did when i was straight what i mean by that is when i when there was an undertone that i wanted their attention i did not get it and when I no longer wanted it, I got tons of it. I, oh my God, this is the, this is the tip, guys. Everyone who's listening, all, this is what I say. All you have to do with every single man is ignore him. It's literally that easy. <laughs> Just ignore them. Well, if you look at them and think of their only, your only source of fun with them is this friend. And like, there's zero, like, and you just, like, as soon as I didn't want to date them, I would start talking to them like they were going to be a friend and I would engage with them and look them in the eye in the same way I would a girl or a guy, like a girl or a friend. It doesn't, it, it completely, and I'm telling you, I got picked up all the time. It was a, an immediate switch. I could not believe it. And and I think also there was a safety because it was like, there wasn't this idea that I was coming after them. So any kind of advances I made or and advances meaning, you know, being warm, it was okay. It wasn't, scary and I wasn't scared and I didn't have any expectations and I didn't care whether I saw them or, and it, it was an immediate switch. So what has been the other differences between being married mm -hmm. to a man and dating women? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, first of all, sex is very different. Is it better? <laughs> well, okay. First of all, I wanted to say um, this is no commentary on male and female sex. This is for me specifically. And I think part of it is because I grew up like I, when I was growing up and you see it in movies, I, I just watched that movie, Call Me By Your Name again. And, I you know, I've never seen that movie. Oh, you guys, it's the hottest, most beautiful film I've ever seen. Is oh, it, I gotta see it. Is it it's a, Timothy Chalamet. It's one of his, it's an army hammer. It's one of the most tender love stories you will ever see. It's the hottest film. And it's what Timothy Chalamet, that was his breakout film. Okay. Watch so it. it's worth watching. And it's the sweetest, sexiest thing I've ever seen. But anyway, he has, you know, sex with a young girl and, after he finishes, he goes over. And that's all I ever knew was like, once the guy comes, it's over. I thought that that's what it was for years and years and years. And truthfully, like that was not, I was not wrong. Like I experienced that and not, not with everyone and not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying across the board, but that was primarily how I thought it went down. And there wasn't this automatic assumption that I was going to have an orgasm. It, that just wasn't part of it. And with women that it's obvious. It's like, there's no question. Both of you are going to get there and no one is stopping until that happens. Whereas that is not culturally the way it is with men and women. I'm not saying that men don't finish. I'm not, that's not, a, it's not a general statement, but that's a lot of what I was, was brought up to see. And that's what I've seen in movies and porn and all the other ways I've witnessed sex. And I was like, oh shit, that sucks. Again, there are plenty of men out there that know what's up, but there are a lot. So are you saying, though, that after a, a woman finish or after a woman finishes that she doesn't just roll over? There's more interaction after sex. Or, and well, and you also both saying, do. Yeah. And also saying like the reciprocity of making sure that both finish like a lot of men just don't do that. Yeah. A lot. I mean, Which, by there the were way, many I'll, times that I would have sex with a man and not come. 
I don't think I could do that. That's not that's some bullshit. Well, you're also married and you have a wonderful, loving, right, right, tender right. relationship. That's you guys are I very been, connected. I haven't been dating. But for if a while. you talk to when you start to talk to women and you really talk to them, there are many women who don't come or they have to make themselves come. I have a tip if anyone's in a relationship and they're <laughs> they're a boyfriend or the guy they're dating or their husband isn't a, like letting. I don't know if letting is the right word. But no, like, not letting. I mean, making sure it happens. Making sure it happens. Get a vibrator. Bring Which, by the way, Jenna, we, we did no, not mention bring this. Bring a vibrator no. in. No, 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 no. no oh I don't my mean, god, Jenna, I don't mean get a vibrator alone. I mean bring a vibrator no, in learn, the bedroom. No, no, talk about it and learn how to do yeah, it. Yeah, okay, talk about it too. Talk about what makes it. Also, it's subject, not very smart. We did, just bring um, a vibrator. I, I, I never mentioned this to you, but we did start a sex business together. That is a little bit of a side We have to send you some some stuff. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm, yeah. I'm all for like. I think it's also like I wasn't brought up to talk about it. I didn't know how to talk about it. I wasn't. I was never encouraged to. And also, I think, you know, with women, like if something isn't working, it's like, oh, do you not like that? Am I in the wrong spot? Can I do it faster, slower, whatever? It's like this. It's a completely normal dialogue. It's verbal. Whereas with men, I think if I if they weren't if something wasn't working, I think there was a sense of shame that like they weren't doing it right. And I didn't want to make them feel bad or I would feel bad if it was taking too long. So I was like, oh, don't worry about, you know, it's like I I was I just the way that I came up in that world, I didn't have the language to say like, oh, would you do it slower? Would you do that? Or would you move that? Or, oh, like. And I just, I didn't do it. So like, again, this is my experience. I'm not saying in general about men don't know, but I'm just saying there, that was a very different experience for me. It seems like there's no ego involved. Well, you're both dealing with the same situation. You both know. And with a woman, it's a little bit harder. Like with a man, you know, there's a pretty straightforward way to get them off. With a woman, it's a little <laughs> less clear. And particularly if you're two women, it's like you have to kind of figure it out and you got to know each other's bodies and it takes a second. And so you both know that that's what's up. So there's no confusion about talking about it what about dating is how is the dating is i've never really dated which is so funny but like it, when you're around wo- women versus men the, like the conversation the, like is what's the just what's the differences from a loving perspective i don't know i mean i would say that there is a lot more because you, you mentioned so you kind of know you're on this a similar wavelength and you have the same issues and you know your sensitivities i think there's a you know i think that there's definitely what i've experienced is a little bit more like understanding and tenderness and there's not that same sense of like embarrassment or shame particularly in little things like you know I remember how anxiety ridden I would get if I hadn't waxed myself or if I didn't you know if I anything physical or like if I was like oh my god I have a little cellulite I I would get so like worked up with a man and again doesn't mean that they were feeling that way but it was my way that I came to the table of like I thought oh you don't think I'm perfect so I'm not attractive to you anymore or like that I would spin that in my head whereas like with women you don't make that same assumption or at least I don't because we're both going we're both in the same boat we kind of know what's up and again this is like it's just I think a little bit of what you come to the table with it's not that the man is doing anything wrong it's just like culturally that's the way I came up in the world and that's the stuff I bring to the table and it made me like they made it hard you know and it's just it's really different you know, I don't, I don't think this idea, you said this earlier, like, do people come out later? Are they always lesbians or do that? I don't know. I, I honestly think one of the things that's challenging is, and one of the reasons that I've been more open about it is like, I never saw an out woman my entire growing up. The only person I ever saw that was out was Ellen DeGeneres and Rachel Maddow, like literally. And then a few soccer players more recently. What was interesting for me personally is my aunt was out. Oh, really? And I went to my first gay wedding when I was like four or five years old. Wow. And she married a woman. Wow. And in what state? In in California, in San Diego. Wow. And 
I guess like looking back, I never thought about it until like I've had the, more of these conversations, but it was probably like pretty formative in the sense that like it wasn't strange for me because I, I, that's what I saw. I'd that's like, amazing. I would go stay at their house and be like, I'm going that's to my- That's a very rare experience. So, so to be amazing. four years I'm old going to my aunt's that. house. That's what I like, I'm going to my aunt's house every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. And she ended up getting divorced, but then got with another woman. And it, so like, I don't know. It's like, I saw that and I understood it. Not a lot of people age. saw that. But I, I also think. think the thing that I think that's there's there's it's there's understanding, but I think it's also like seeing something that looks like you. Like on the only gay women I ever saw in public were very butch, and I wasn't that person, and so I didn't identify. I never thought it could be me because I was like, oh, I don't. That doesn't feel familiar to me, so I can't be part of that group. Like it just didn't. It didn't even register. I'll tell you this though too about her, and I don't know. I hopefully I don't say this wrong or butcher it. To me at that age, there was no possibility ever that she, that I could ever see her with a man. Oh, interesting. Like there was like, I don't know how to explain it, but just like as a kid, like it didn't even, like there was no possibility that I would ever even assume that she could be with a man. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I mean, it totally does. But I think that speaks a little bit to what I'm talking about is like, I didn't sit so definitively in that category. I was feminine. I liked wearing heels and red lipstick and jewelry. And I I didn't fit into the physical iconography that I was seeing around me that was what a gay woman looked like. And so I was like, oh, I'm not, it didn't, I, it just never even crossed my mind that I would even sit. And it wasn't until I met, you know, someone in later in life who I was like, oh, you kind of look like me and I'm attracted to you. And how weird is this? And what's going on in me? It, it was like not even online for me prior to that. So mm-hmm. you, d- you didn't realize you wanted to date women until you met a specific person. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. you didn't like go no like get out of your marriage and say, you know, I'd like to meet a woman. No, no idea. So it just happened naturally just happened. and organically. And I was terrified. I mean, imagine like I've never done any of the things that you can imagine go on in the bedroom. And like I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was absolutely terrified. And, you know, then she knew that. And like men she, are good at imagining that, I will say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the one thing that I get asked about the most. <laughs> Do you get a lot of DMs from girls hitting on you now? Yeah. I mean, since I've been publicly out in a relationship, not as much. But when I was obviously single, a lot. And so what do you do? You respond. What do you do? I mean, I think during the pandemic, I responded because I was sitting by myself in the apartment. (laughs) I was like, sure, let's talk. And, you know, I mean, it depends. It also like, you know, if somebody's private, I don't know. But if there's something, you know, it's... Ultimately, like it was all during the pandemic, so I couldn't meet any of these people anyway. So it was sort of safe, you know. I was just <laughs> sitting in my living room, having like random DMs with people. But no, I haven't really. I don't actually engage and go on dates. When you're going through all of this, and you also have such a big business, and you have such a beautiful career, what is the decider factor for you to go on Real Housewives? That like, was going to be my question. I wanted to know. I always oh, want to know the motivations of why. Like, look at that. Quote unquote, when people have their yeah, stuff well, going on on paper, like, yeah. the motivation. Um, it was really, it was kind of straightforward. I was, you know, had this brand love scene and we were in Target and we had, we had about, we were in a thousand stores and the places where people knew us, like the places where people knew who I was or knew what love scene was, we were flying off the shelves. But the places where people didn't know who I was, the product wasn't moving as quickly. And Target was like, listen, we need you to think about how you can help market this brand. And I was like, what am I going to do that's national? You know, we were small. We didn't have a ton of cash to spend on a marketing ploy. And so I was like, what can I do? And then randomly, I got a DM from the people at 
Real Housewives and it was like, Andy wants us to talk to you. Would you talk? And I was like, sure. And it was completely random. I didn't expect anything to happen. And as I was going through the conversation, I'm in the same time having these conversations with Target of like, what can you do? And I was like, well, maybe this is the answer. And therein lies the answer. And it worked. Did you know it was going to be the reboot or did you think it was like Luann, Sonia, Ramona? Oh, no, no. They told me it was a reboot. I would not have gone on the show and not no nothing against them. It just there was no place for me in that show. And I also think, you know, that show to me didn't necessarily represent New York as New York is today. And I think what's nice about the group now is like, yeah, it's so much more diverse in age, ethnicity, vibe and, you know, where people live even like. It's, you know, before it was about being on the Upper East Side and it was all these women that had very similar lifestyles. And this is very different. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it feels youthful. It feels fresh. And, you know, like even just having someone on the show who's an actual influencer who knows. I mean, it's so funny. We all watch Psy because she actually knows what the hell she's doing. Like all of us. I mean, I've never been an influencer. I go to a party and people are like, did you get any pictures? I was like, I well, I took a picture of, of you know, maybe um, a screen grab of something I looked at yesterday. <laughs> I didn't take any pictures. I went to an event last night and they just said, how did your pictures come out? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to ask Athena how her pictures are. <laughs> I can borrow them because I'm like terrible with that shit. But Sai's like on it. She knows what she's doing. And like, that's cool. As you guys know, I launched a pink humidifier with Canopy. And I'm obsessed with humidifiers because it makes your skin so supple and plump while you sleep. I use mine all the time. In fact, My son just got sick like a week ago and I had my canopy humidifier in his room. It's like the chicest, most beautiful humidifier you've ever seen, like ever. And recently they just launched Canopy's new filtered shower head. So if you're looking to filter your water, they have you covered. Canopy's known for their beauty hacks and reimagined devices, and they have really given the shower head a makeover. Everything is dermatologist recommended for your skin. They have three-stage filtration. So everything that's coming through your shower head is clean, filtered, beautiful water, which is amazing for dry, itchy scalp. It's amazing for rashes on your legs. It's even amazing for acne. I have learned all about hard water, and I've learned that a lot of dry, irritated skin comes from bad water. So if you don't have a filter on your shower head, I would highly recommend it because a lot of our water has a lot of added chlorine in it. So definitely head over to getcanopy.co. You save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. I also personally would for sure get the humidifier. It is so good. And even better, our listeners can use code SKINNY at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Let's talk about Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers is the number one doctor-recommended weight management program and the trusted authority in evidence-based weight health. Beyond the science, joining Weight Watchers means you become part of a powerful, passionate community. They're all about community there. We got to learn all about that when we had the CEO on our podcast. The company's purpose is to always inspire healthy habits and lasting weight loss. So how they do this is they focus on behavior change, nutrition science, and real connections, while never giving up on the food that we all love. Personally, I really love how they've evolved their approach to weight loss over the years, and they're really like with the times, which I appreciate. Weight Watchers has helped millions of members on their journeys over the years, and recently they've launched Weight Watchers Clinic, and this provides support to even more people across the weight health spectrum. 
Most importantly, I think that Weight Watchers knows that weight management is not a one-size-fits-all thing. There are behavioral and biological factors to consider, so they really have a multifaceted approach when it comes to losing weight. Head to www.com slash TSC to see if you qualify. If you do, use our code TSC25 to get your first month free. Plus, you get $25 off your second month. That's www.com slash TSC. This episode of The Skinny Confidential is brought to you by the new L'Oreal Paris Bright Reveal Dark Spot Serum and Broad Spectrum SPF 50 Daily Lotion. Dark spots, game over. Okay, so here's the deal. We had uh, Dr. Chris. He's a dermatologist, like top rated. He's all over TikTok. I asked him on the podcast what his favorite drugstore recommendations were, and he mentioned these two products, okay? L'Oreal Paris Bright Reveal Dark Spot Serum and Broad Spectrum SPF Daily Lotion. And the reason he mentioned these is because he said they are amazing for dark spots. Like, they visibly fade all types of dark spots. So age spots, sunspots, even post-acne marks. I am someone that gets a lot of dark spots, so uh, I'm all about this. And I looked into this product and every ingredient is made for all skin tones. It's suitable for sensitive skin. It's even formulated and validated by dermatologists. In one week, you start fading, even stubborn dark spots. And in two weeks, your skin looks clearer, which we love. And then, of course, the SPF visibly reduces the appearance of dark spots and resist sun-induced signs of aging. So they sort of like work in tandem together. If you're looking to pick these products up, discover the new Bright Reveal Dark Spot Duo. Visit Target online and in-store to buy yours today. Also, it's lightweight and non-greasy. Discover the new Bright Reveal Dark Spot Duo. Visit Target online and in-store to buy yours today. I have to tell you that I have never related more to a housewife in all the billions of years that I've watched the show than when you left the house to not sleep over <laughs> and when you. you wanted to go on your own flight a day early, first class. Thank I, you. Thank you. Uh, you never related think, more, Lauren. Uh, no. Why, why is that funny? <laughs> no, that is, that's just funny? You don't agree with that? No, no, that no. My personality oh, no. is that exact? Oh, no, no, no. I'm a, br- I'm I'm a complete brat. I fully get it, but... but. But, Wait, I'm not a sleepover girl. I, yeah. I don't want to sleep over at someone's house. It's just not my shtick. I feel like I'm I'm married. I'm a mother. I don't I don't want to sleep at someone's house. It's nothing mean. I just it, I don't want to sleep at the the royal family's house. I but, don't want to sleep over at someone's house. I want my own space, in my own room. And I kind of don't want to take a flight with someone either because I feel like I can get work done. And I'd like to be left alone and have a glass of champagne and get there and be refreshed. And like, I, I don't always, you know, I'm not a big bachelorette party person. It's just, I'm very self-aware of who I am. And there was a visceral reaction to you not wanting to go with the group. And I've felt that before from people who want to do sleepovers and they're projecting what they like onto me. It's interesting. I mean, I think there was a couple of times where those kinds of things happen where people what their desires were and the way they wanted something to go, it didn't fit with mine. And they were sort of like, you know, even just wanting me to dress up and saying like, oh, you should wear sexier clothes. I'm like, well, what I think is sexy may not be what you think is sexy. And I love you in that like super fitted, like sparkly dress, like by all means have at it. It's just not me. And it's interesting because it's like that wanting me to fit into like what their vision is. Little sorority. And well, it's just their, it's what 
what make you know, and I get it. And the reason is, it's because they that's what men like to see. Men want girls in skinny tight dresses, but their boobs look hot and they look skinny. Like we get it. Like I'm sorry, but you would you not no, well, back I, me up on that a little bit? I, I think at times, yeah. But I was gonna say like, and one of my things I was gonna t- we maybe talk about this now is like when I see the way you're dressed and the way you're put together, like I immediately can recognize, like, I might not have the greatest style, but I have taste. I'm like, that is somebody who's No, Michael's a little together. different. Michael's a little different. Like, I, he's like, the wrong guy to ask because Michael no, because loves taste. Rec- he loves the cut. I can recognize taste. If something's taste, not altered on my body, right? He wants the alter. I, he's a little, he's a little different. I actually will look sometimes at the way some women are dressed. And if it's a little too basic B, I kind of don't. <laughs> He's the wrong, this is the wrong audience. Appreciate okay. the He's dress such up. a brat. Okay. He's a bigger brat but I, than So me. what I'm saying is like, wow. I can look oh, at okay. you guys. No, I love that. They're put together. You got stuff. No, like, I can he, see. He would pick you. your look any day over like, No, no, really. but what I'm saying is I would okay, not pick in your. In general though, would you say that <laughs> yes, men yes. like women yes, to be. Yes, of course. That very yeah. feminine sort of Listen, this show, men are really getting hit on this show. This one is. I want to be clear. I want to be clear though. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I love that. We like to appreciate the figure of a beautiful I get it and honestly so do I like please I I, like I love it when Bryn but but what you're saying is that because they think that that looks that that look is sexy they're projecting what they think on they were like yes they they wanted me to they put me in that black dress and they were like we want to dress you and I get it it was fun it was fun dress up but it was interesting to me that for them they were like you need to show your body more you need to be you you need to look like this and whatever you just can't look like the women that pour out of a Vegas nightclub at 2 a.m. do you know the look I'm talking about are you kidding I, I Oh please! I've been. I've seen every version of that. I, I know. I'm gonna get de- fucking destroyed for no, saying that. No, you're not. It's true. I just think that there was something. It was a, that was a very interesting thing for me to watch because in all groups like that, I'm you. Where it's like, a little I, I need my space. I don't know. It's a, it's nothing. It's nothing against anyone. I and listen. I it was really hard for me because I felt badly. Like I I never in a million years did it occur to me that me going early was going to be a thing. I I. Because it wouldn't be a thing if anyone did it to you. You wouldn't give a shit. Uh, God, I would be like, That's please take care like of it. yourself. Do whatever you need to do. I am excited to see you whenever you're ready. Like, <laughs> I'm here. Like, great. It did not occur to me. And then I felt bad. I was like, shit, I didn't. Like, the last thing I wanted to do was make them feel like I didn't want to be with them. I just was like, I want to go down and get a tan. I mean, it's also like if you look at them, like gorgeous Brynn. They all have the most perfect skin you've ever seen on the planet and they're all tan. I don't have nice skin and I'm not tan. <laughs> I'm the whitest girl on the planet. And like, so when I don't look tan, my scars show up a lot more and that's why. And on camera, they get picked up. It, like if you take a picture of my skin, if you look at it like this, it's one thing. If you take a picture of it, the camera for some reason picks up all of the different colors in my skin and magnifies them. And that's why I like to get tan. I never noticed it once. Because I was tan. I think you And I also covered amazing. up. Thank you. But yeah. I cover up. I, I don't, I'm not, I was not, I was in a wetsuit. Like you never saw it. Yeah, but I, I, st- like I, I don't think anyone's looking at that. You're so sharp and smart and beautiful. Oh God, I don't think are. people. Well, they don't look at it because I hide it carefully. <laughs> no, because on camera, it really comes out. I'm telling, I mean, listen, you are gorgeous and you obviously take care of yourself and you're very conscious about the way you look. If something bothered you about your body, 100%, you would hide I, it. I, I, I have 100%. I get, That's all. And I understand that. I also think that that you asked me what I ever do the show. I think the hardest thing about the show is the girls trips. That would that it's would hard. make me sweat it's for hard. days 
because it's going away for three days with a lot of women and a lot of drama and a lot of dynamic. Mm -hmm. And whose room is this? It's easier to just get a hotel room down the street. But it's almost like you can't because that's the show. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about how difficult men are. But I will say (laughs) I have never encountered a situation where me or any of my friends gave a shit what kind of flight or how someone yeah, got somewhere yeah. or if they think, slept over or not. Yeah. I don't ever. think men are difficult. I think that women want men's attention and women want men to be one. They want to be adored and they want to be, and and we spend so much time growing, trying to get your attention. All of like, and the fact of the matter is like, we don't really understand the cues sometimes. Like I grew up with a complete wrong idea of how to get your attention. And it's just interesting to me. I look, I, I have found a totally different love and adoration for men in this part of my life where I'm not seeking their sexual attention because I get a totally different version. I get a much like, because I'm, and it, but it's the signals that I'm sending. The men haven't changed, yeah, yeah. but I changed. I grew up with two sisters and I say this all the time. Like my advice to them was always like, if you're interested in someone, like don't show so much interest all the time because- Yeah, friend. Yeah. Like, and, and I also think that, you know, we are wired, I think, as men to like, we really enjoy the pursuit and the chase. And I like, and a little bit of denial is not the worst, right? I think it's, it's just like how we're wired a bit. Like well, when Lauren, Lauren like, ignored me for 10, 15 years. Well, and also you don't have to play games. Like yeah. you can just be straightforward. Mm-hmm. You don't, you can just say, hey, are you, are you do you want to hang out on Friday? And if they say no, great. Like then don't, like don't overthink it too. I think there's a lot of like game playing and I think that also Analyzing. enters into it. Yeah. And like, okay, I'm going to wait two days to call them. And then I'm going to see if he texts me. I'm like, oh my God. Like just call, just either, if you want to see someone be like, oh, hey, do you want to do something on Friday? Like also, I think sometimes men appreciate when you're just like straightforward and not like, oh, waiting for them to call by the phone. Oh, well, what are you doing? It's like, oh God. It's exhausting. Yeah. We're kind of like just big dumb animals. We're like, it's, I, I don't like <laughs> the game's being played and we don't know that the game, I know. there is a game. I know. We're like over here playing some game and like we're the only ones. It's overcomplicating it. Yeah, like Lauren's like, like, you know, she always used to tell me, oh, I played this game with you. I'm like, I, had, I don't, I was not aware of a game. My game worked. I, <laughs> like, love I don't a even game. know the I sport love a game. is happening. I admit it. I love a game. I love a game. I still play games 10 years in. <laughs> See, I, did, did, you did you know that? So, Ignore his call. Here's the thing. Wait, do you really? Yeah, all the time. Let did you know you that she does that? Yeah, but what I, <laughs> why I don't, why I'm so confident in I the relationship it. with my wife is I'm sure she has endless options and possibilities. Glad you know it. But I look at her and I'm like, let's find the poor motherfucker that can go and deal with this shit all the time. Like, good oh luck, God. Lauren. You guys good are so luck. I love you guys are so sweet. I that love guy would last or that girl would last three days. The games would start happening. No one could deal with you either. You really ignore his calls <laughs> all the time. So I ignore texts. Yeah, she does this me all if time. he acts up, I block him. I play games all the time. She will block me. Wow. Yep. No. Nope. Oh my god, I love you even more. Wow. And you're still. You don't. Do you do it to her? No. No, but like. <laughs> I, but I. I mean, I don't know. I think like it doesn't offend me, and I don't like care, it. and I know where like I stand it. with my. Yeah, and I like. So I was explaining <laughs> this to Wolf it. yesterday. I fell in love with the person that my wife is, and that's who I desire and find exciting. And I wouldn't want her to not be that. And when when people comment like, "Oh, I wouldn't do this," and I wouldn't, I'm like, "Well, that's, I would. That I, that's fine for you. That's your relationship. That's your like. Good luck. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I think the thing I in a that. successful re- relationship is, and again, why I don't think it's good to invite everybody else in is what works in a relationship should that should just be applied to that relationship. Totally. What like, do you guys fight about the most? Me being late. 
uh, time management, um, his impatience. Um, wow. Do you agree with this so far? I could be impatient. His bluntness, his delivery. My delivery That's can a big be blunt. One. The yeah. delivery. The delivery needs a softer landing. I grew up with a half Japanese mother. My grandma's full Japanese. And there was really? no. Yeah. You I mean, don't look like you have any Japanese in you at all. Yeah, I know. It's a. It's I'm a, I'm a bunch of stuff, but you are. there was no like tenderness around yeah. the delivery, if that makes sense. No, I, believe me, I work with someone who's Korean and I we joke about it all the time because the things that come out of her mouth, she's like, it's my mother. I just can't help it. It's my mother. And it's the cutest thing. And I we, and I adore her. But it's funny. Her delivery is like, bah, 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 it's, it's like, it's well, it's just very direct. And there is no like sort of sugarcoating anything. And here I am like adding 75 <laughs> words to like make something land softer. And she's like, what are you Explanation talking about? I have, I have not earned, learned the art of kind of not sharing exactly how I feel. Yeah, no he'll, he'll learn. Right? It'll, it'll no be a slow. <laughs> when, when you go from doing what you did at J. Crew to being the entrepreneur, and I think you were an entrepreneur within J. Crew, but I think now you're like really like letting your personality fly with Love Scene. What was that like? Was that a transition? I mean, in so many ways. And I think I have stumbled and gotten up and stumbled and gotten up. I mean, I think you know, I went from having a corporate life and structure and sort of a real rhythm. And I knew where, you know, I knew who to call for everything. And everyone picked up my phone call. And when I asked for something to get to, like, you know, I could, I was, you know, had a really big job and I yeah. was moving a lot of different parts. And I went from having like a tiny team, no one to change the toilet paper in the bathroom. Like who's in charge of the Con Edison bill? Is that me? You know, like little things like filing up for a patent. And, you know, I was really my fish out of water. Also fundraising, like things that I just never done before. And so I, it's been hard. I will not lie. Like it's been, you know, I went from having three assistants and uh, people who worked in the PR and handled everything for me. And all of a sudden I didn't have anyone taking care of me. And I- How big was your team at J. Crew when you were at the height of it? I My team was 870 wow. something. And you have to understand, Michael, like she was responsible. I'm just going to brag for you for a oh, second. Of, of getting J. Crew's pieces on some of the no, biggest, no, I know. most like amazing celebrity- I'm aware, uh, Lauren. I've done my research. Like, yeah, Thanks. like it was Thanks. like you, you had this finesse about you of not only to create these beautiful pieces, but then to, like you said, get them on the right people in the right spaces. It's almost like you were influencer marketing before influencer marketing <laughs> was a thing. Well, the thing I think people don't totally understand is that J. Crew was three, three brands. So it's J. Crew, Madewell, and Factory. So I had three different design teams, three different marketing teams. So it was massive. So I I was the president of over all three, all three of those. So what, you know, it was just a massive job. And I was spending, I mean, my schedule was from 8.30 and went to six o'clock, no breaks. And then I would go home and then I would be on the phone again, on the, you know, till it was just constant. So I was exhausted all the time. And I think, you know, I didn't stop to like actually be creative. I think I was literally just was talking to someone this morning about this. It's like, I never had any time to be creative and it's just why I left. I think that that's the biggest difference in my life now is like, I get to be creative in a way that I haven't in a really long time. It's so much better. I'm you much like happier. it better. I'm much happier now. Yeah. It's so interesting that you go from having a team of 800 with three assistants and all the things that check all the boxes that society thinks we need oh, to yeah. check to doing it on your own terms, how you want it. Maybe it's a smaller operation, but you just have space and time in your calendar to be creative and fluid. It's makes you happier. Oh, I mean, less is more. I, yeah, I had exactly like, and I think, you know, we talked earlier about like what, what, some, what is success, someone being successful. And I 
what I labeled as success back then versus now is completely different. You know, I don't have a corner office. I don't have, you know, all of the trappings. I don't get huge bonuses, but I literally can have a conversation and look someone in the eye and hear what they say and remember it later. And I can go to breakfast this morning and come here and do this podcast and I'll go home and I'll walk. I might stop in a store on the way home and I'll grab a coffee and I'll get to wander a little bit. And I don't have that kind of like treadmill vibe to my life, which it was soul crushing. I was exhausted. It's a relief. Oh my God. So much. So I literally just saw one of the people this morning on my way here. I ran into one, a girl who used to work there and she just left and she was like practically in tears. She's like, I am so excited to like have free time and to have my life back. And it's true. It's like working in a corporate job. It's like intense. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever worked in a corporate environment? I've never worked in a corporate environment. I've always wanted to, to oh work for myself. I don't think I would be very good at, at being told what, what to I've do. always That's wondered hard. when you reached that level, I guess, of, or the, those heights in a corporate environment, and then now you're doing what you're doing now as an entrepreneur, which environment is more stressful? Because I. Oh, that one is way more stressful. The corporate environment. Oh, my God. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't have stresses now, but that. The hard part is like now, like in the the relationship to it is like I I get to look at every single decision and, and understand it fully. And I don't have to go and ask eight million people how to fix something. If I believe something is the right idea, I can sit with it and it's my own and I move forward or I don't. There, what's challenging is if I may believe that this is the right way to go, but now I have to bring all these other people along with yeah. me. And if they don't see, if we're not seeing eye to eye, it's just a, it's a like a horn lock. And then where do you go from that? And then you have all these people looking at you, wanting you to, you know, you're, you've so many, you've, there's so much riding on every decision. There's so many people whose lives you're responsible for, for. There's so many people on your team who are, don't like their boss, think they should get more money, want to raise, just had a baby, can't find a nanny. Like there's just so much complication to all of the, the staffing that those things become bigger than like, anything else. And it's so hard. It's one of the main reasons, like when we ever talk about business that I caution people against actually running a business, they really want it because what they, I think people focus on the product or the revenue or the service or the things. But what I say is when you become responsible for other people's well-being and they're looking to you to make smart decisions so that their life is not impacted in a negative way, yeah. that's the type of stuff. Like managing a business, I'm sure, as you know, during the pandemic, which- I which, killed us. And I'm and listen, there's always difficult times, but it what I like I could not make a bunch of selfish decisions that would only impact like every decision is going to have an impact on someone else's life. Yeah. And I think that's the stress that people don't talk about enough, whether it's in a corporate environment or an entrepreneur. Like when you're when you're somebody working in a in in a system, like you're thinking about, of course, the team, and, but it's mostly like your well-being when you're responsible for a lot of people that is different than being responsible for the, even like the revenue or the dollars it's just a it's whole thing so intense and the thing is if you're if in if, if you've worked in an environment any kind of environment where you actually have a creative endeavor you know that team is everything you are nothing without the people who you work with the quality of what you do has everything to do with the quality of the people that are on your team and so then you care about them and then you really get drawn in and sucked into whatever problem is happening and it could be you know i've listen, I've had every myriad of problems you could possibly imagine. And it's, you know, it, it's so, it's, it's, it takes so much emotional energy and it takes it away from the rest of your life. Whatever emotional energy goes into your job, I find it was draining my emotional energy at home. And it was, it was really hard. I don't think I could, I don't, I don't see myself ever going back to that type of role because I, I just don't think I want to 
live my life that way anymore. Where can everyone find you, support what you're doing, pimp yourself out? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jenna Lyons NYC or at lovescene.com. Thank you for coming on. You can come back anytime. Thank you both. Seriously, because I could have talked to you about a hundred different things. I, same. I think you guys are awesome. And I'm so like enamored by your relationship. It's so nice to see. I'm like really touched by it. I go and sob in the bathroom after every Please show. Do. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Jenna. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> 